Wes, nice to meet you. You came on a very Yeah, I need to get started. Okay. Good evening, everyone. We're gonna get started. Uh, tonight's session, if we could have quiet in the chambers, please. Folks, if we can get quiet in the chambers, we can start general public comment. Tonight's session is being interpreted into Spanish. Sam and Alejandro, would you please introduce yourself and let our viewers know how to enable translation on their devices. Hello, everyone. My name is. Perfect. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for having me here with you all. My name is Alejandro Arrieta. Uh, I am here with my colleague, Sam. We will both be interpreting simultaneously into Spanish. So thank you for your patience as we provide instructions. Eh, hola a todos. Gracias por tenernos aquí con ustedes. Mi nombre es Alejandro Arrieta. Estoy aquí con mi colega Sam. Estaremos interpretando simultáneamente al español. Si usted prefiere participar en español, aquí en Zoom, en la parte inferior a mano derecha de su pantalla, verá la opción de la interpretación. Este será un icono terráqueo que pueden seleccionar para escoger el español y si es necesario pueden poner el audio original en silencio justo abajo de eso. Muchas gracias. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Alejandro. Uh, welcome to the general public comment session of January 8th. Before reconvening, our regular meeting council provides a half hour general public comment session to hear from the public on city matters, except when scheduled for a legally required public hearing. To maximize the time for resident comment, council will not offer comments or responses from the dais. Council or staff may contact speakers following their comment if they raise matters that lend themselves to follow up. For those participating in person, when called upon, please come to the podium. On the monitor on the wall, you'll see your time counting down. For those participating virtually, when called upon, please wait until our host promotes you to speaker. When you're promoted, please accept this promotion. Turn on your camera if you have one and your microphone. All speakers should begin their remarks by telling council your name and you will have three minutes to speak. Please refrain from profane or obscene speech, direct your comments to council as a whole, and refrain from individual or personal attacks, including disparaging other speakers' motives. Uh, we will begin in chambers with Therese Howard. Okay, we will begin in chambers with Mark Thompson. Thank you, council president, uh, members of council as they're returning. Uh, I'm Mark Thompson. I'm a representative for the Western States Regional Council of Carpenters. 
It was one year ago on January 9th, 2023, the Denver City Council passed a civil wage theft ordinance. The teeth of this ordinance is that upper tier contractors are held accountable for any wage theft committed by one of their subs, a subcontractor. We're here tonight to recognize the one year anniversary and to thank you for the actions, for your actions that protect workers and their families in the city of Denver. Uh, shame on me for not showing up sooner uh, to thank you in person. However, I'm hoping that maybe a few of you received a postcard from one or two of our members. The reports we received from Denver Labor are very good. They have recovered over $2 million in the past year, which is doubled from the year before. I believe this will continue to grow in years to come, but the goal is that contractors that engage in this kind of activity will soon find themselves struggling to find work in the city of Denver. Last Friday, the Colorado's House Majority Leader launched her bill to make upper tier contractors responsible for wage theft on their projects statewide. Again, I wanna thank you for your actions one year ago that set the bar and set the example. Uh, some of you joined us last Friday. Uh, some of you were maybe looking for us out on the West Steps. Uh, my apologies, uh, we decided it was cold and moved inside. Uh, but thank you uh, for, uh, for coming out and joining us. I'm, I'm full of thank yous tonight, which is uh, a little bit rare. <laughs> Our representatives are on projects every day, educating workers in the construction industry about wage theft and their options to recover any stolen wages. Uh, on these projects, our representatives are passing out hard hat stickers with a QR code uh, to direct people towards Denver Labor to find a file a wage claim. We give them all two hard hat stickers uh, so that when, after they put one on the outside and their employer tells them, hey, take that off, they still have one on the inside of their hard hat that they can get <laughs> access or share with their coworkers. Uh, we also are sharing with them uh, a wallet card. Uh, are you a victim of wage theft? Uh, some of them don't know exactly everything that is wage theft. So we're passing that out to members or workers on job sites as well. Uh, this is not quite a hard hat sticker. It would be a big hard hat. Uh, but uh, we are finding these on the backs of lunch trucks, mm -hmm. on gang boxes, tool boxes, lunch boxes. Uh, and somehow they're making their way to steel columns inside of buildings under construction and whatever else. I'm not sure how they're getting there. Thank you, Mark. You've met your did time Did I run limit. out of time again? You sure did. Sorry okay. about that. Well, hey, I, <laughs> Thank I you. realize you like to decorate your computers. In case you're a victim of wage theft, there's a sticker. Appreciate it. <laughs> Our next speaker signed up is Anna Gloom. I don't believe Anna is still in chambers. Our next speaker is Jordan Jones. Right. Thank you, council members. My name is Jordan Jones. I'm also a Western States Carpenters representative. Um, I'm here for wage theft. My colleague couldn't have said it better. Thank you for what you do. You gave us the tools to go after these dirty contractors in the city of Denver, and now we're doing after it in the state of Colorado. As a shining light of Denver, we're going to clean up our industry with the help of the tools you guys gave us. So I just want to say thank you again, um, and keep up the fight for labor because 
we all labor in one way or another and, and you're doing your job right now. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Our next speaker in queue is Jerry Burton. She's not in chambers anymore. Hello, Council. I gotta say this. I have lived out there on the streets and um, I know at 26 or 27 in Arapahoe, I had no problem with rats. And I cooked every day. We, as a matter of fact, we cooked three meals a day and we had no problem with rats or anything. What we had a problem with were people coming up trying to buy the ribs or the chicken that we were eating that night. That's the only problem I had. Now, I just want to let you know, when, you, when you're living outside, that is nice natural habitat. Have you ever come downtown after y'all had an event down here that served food and everything put away? Yes, you're going to see mice running across the field. Why? Because there are food droppings that was left down for them to get. It's not about the, uh, the infestation of rats. If people keep the thing clean, because up in your house, trust me, you have mice as well. So don't, 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 let that, don't let them fool you about telling you that it's an infestation. That's all bullshit because it, excuse me, that's all BS. Because at the end of the day, we all have uh, mice. Whether you see them or not, they are there. This is their natural habitat. And they, they, they grasp their straws and, and, and BS to get y'all to vote against doing the right thing. As, as, as Martin Luther King said, when is the time to do the right thing? It's always the right time to do the right thing. And people, are, you cannot make people go where they don't want to go. Uh, first of all, you, you, you don't pass this, you're doing a disjustice to the unhoused neighbors because you are here to vote. Some people ain't gonna like it, but that's cool. That's cool. But it's something that they all pass for them that we don't like. But it's cool, it's cool. That's part of life. That's part of life. And if you can't take the time out and show compassion and empathy for your uh, uh, citizens or your neighbors, or we all neighbors, because it takes all of us to make a community, to make a city, until we change our mindset and do the right thing accordingly. And we will not be having this problem if, if we build what they need. And even if you built into house 100% 100 of us, 100% all the time, guess what? You still gonna have 2% that are going to want to live out there. Because I'm like this, who in their right mind want to go working to get from one rich man or company to give to another rich? Because they can't afford to buy their houses. They got to rent. So they, they working for what? Nothing. They working not to be able to sustain themselves or to pass down generational wealth for their family. And so people have gotten smarter. They're doing the right thing. And I, I'm like this, if it was me out there, I wouldn't move. I'd be just, just as stubborn because that's my right. You know, that's my right. I can live and choose the way to live my life the way I want to. And that's why I put my life on the line for this country for, to do that. You know, so y'all must devote and pass this and, and, and just leave the sweet things alone because <laughs> at the end of the day, um, it's the right thing to do. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, our next speaker, Therese Howard, back in chambers. Translate. Uh, Therese Howard, Housekeeps Action Network. Just really, uh, really quick, um, I would just want to speak to, so we're weighing um, sort of um, dangers here when we're talking about this ordinance um, in terms of um, the danger to, uh, uh, to folks' health and safety. Um, and a lot of that is, you know, concern for folks wanting to be indoors or needing to be indoors in a safer spot. Um, so I want to talk really briefly about uh, 
what helps people to get indoors and what does not help people. And what does not help people is sweeps. So sweeps are actually a significant contributing factor to preventing people or, or making it harder for people to get into indoor shelter type options uh, than, um, than the opposite. Um, so let me talk about some of the ways that happens. Here's three quotes um, from folks, uh, houseless folks. Uh, one quote, uh, yes, they gave us a voucher to a hotel, uh, but left our tent and everything. When we checked out of the hotel, we were left with nothing. So basically, this is the, the scenario. The person says, yes, of course I want to go to a hotel. They go to the hotel, and then when they come back, their camp has been swept. So does that person trust then to go into a hotel or a shelter option in the future? Absolutely not. They, are, they have just lost all trust of the ability to go indoors when it's freezing cold. Um, another similar quote, uh, they had a sweep going on. They asked us to leave, told us that we were gonna uh, put our stuff in storage, gave us hotel vouchers. Well, at the hotel, uh, they came and swept and threw all my stuff. Very similar scenario. Another situation, um, uh, we were in the coalition. Um, so like it's a, a, the coalition for the homeless building, they were just in their um, sort of in their waiting room. Um, you know, we were getting warm and they just showed up uh, out of nowhere, got no written warning, uh, and we came out and my stuff was already gone. So these are situations where people are intentionally trying to go into a warm space, and then while they're in that warm space, their stuff is being swept. Those people's trust that they're going to be able to leave their stuff and go inside um, is, is gone down the tubes when we are sweeping people's property while they're going inside. In order to protect people's ability to go inside um, when it is freezing cold, we need to stop taking people's stuff so they can know and trust they're not going to lose their property while they're in the hotel or while they're in the shelter. Um, they can come back to it um, and it will be there. Um, and so just wanna emphasize that that is a critical piece of why this bill is so important to help people get indoors when it's freezing cold. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker in queue is V Reeves. I wanna be short because there's a lot of people who came to speak here today. Um, I'm V, I'm with HAND, and I wanna also speak to a few things that we learned after the big sweep of the 450 person migrant encampment um, that happened on Wednesday. So I just wanna to talk to you because I know that there was a list that was being made. I know that a lot of people were really hoping that this list at the quality encampment was going to result in people being indoors. People wanted to move indoors. Um, instead, what we found is that there were people who were there um, who were not on the list and who are showing up and trying to get into these shelters that have been created and not being allowed in. Um, I have people who have been working. There were people who were gone that day working and thinking it was a five-day sweep when it all happened in one day. They showed up the very next day and us as advocates picked them up, um, took them to McNichols where we were told by a city rep from the mayor's administration that they'd be able to do intake and they were turned away then um, even though they were part of the uh, camp. And then also... Um, we had a, a woman, a, a couple, who timed out a few days afterwards, um, after the big sweep, had nowhere to go. They actually ended up sleeping between a dumpster and a wall and lodging themselves there to try to keep warm this weekend because they had nowhere to go. So when we're talking about safety, um, these people are actively trying to use any, any pathway possible to be indoors, and when it's not available, which is the reality, which is that there's no capacity, 
um, that, you know, they're forced then into a position of trying to find a place to be that's safe. If they had had access to a camp with resources and with people from the community who knew where they were and could make sure that they were safe, then we could be able to interim, in that interim period, make sure that they were not lodging themselves between a dumpster and a wall while it was cold outside, and that they could actually have the resources and the support they need while they make their way into um, a better situation. So I really wanna highlight this because the reality is that um, for our migrant population, we are still timing out people. For individuals, it's 14 days. For families, it's 37 days. Nearly 80% of folks get kicked out before that. Sometimes it's on average, it's as much as 21 days before their time. So people are going to end up in the streets. The new shelter systems, even when they did have capacity, which sh was shown to us from videos that people took inside the shelter, they were still turning away individuals. And we know that more people are coming. So please, we wanna work with the city and understand how we can create these environments that are safe camping zones for individuals. We don't want any children any more intense. Denver should be ashamed of the fact that we had our first ever sweep with dozens of small children. That is so traumatizing for them. Um, I just, I want us to recognize this and be able to move forward with a better plan and a better solution to actually meet people's needs because the reality is people are out there right now and they exist. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I believe our next speaker is on Zoom, Mariana Thompson. Can we get her promoted? She signed up in person, but I see her in the attendee list. While she's coming in, I'll go to our next speaker so we don't lose time. Uh, Jonathan Morales. Good afternoon, City Council. My name is Jonathan Morales. I'm a representative for the Western States Regional Council of Carpenters. And the reason I'm here is to tell you that I'm really grateful and uh, honored to have you guys as uh, representing the people of Denver. Not so long ago, I was a victim of waste theft twice. And um, I, I'm just here to say thank you for all the hard work you guys are doing. And um, this last uh, January, the bill that was passed is gonna make a lot of change here in Colorado and it's gonna help clean the industry, uh, the, the construction industry here in, uh, in Denver. So thank you, thank you so much for your hard work and keep doing great things. Thank you very much. Uh, Mariana, we've got you in Zoom, go ahead. Mariana, we need you to unmute your mic. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Good evening, Council and all those watching. Denver, Denver, when are you guys gonna, when are we ever gonna learn? USA Today portrayed us as inhumane to, to be sweeping young children, to be sweeping people who have come to America to be on the street, to be treated inhumanely why do we make human needs a political agenda the only thing i can say this broke my heart when i saw the man reaching over trying with a stick through the fence trying to get some food for his kids that broke my heart right now i'm going through breast cancer again and to see that to see how many years we 
as advocates have been fighting for the rights of, of human beings and to see how our government, this is fascism. You know, my, my ancestors came from out of fascism and communism. And I can actually say, Denver, that's exactly what you are. Thank you. Thank you very much. Our next speaker in chambers, Terry Washington. No, okay, our next speaker is John Smith. So, uh, come to you guys the third time. You guys will, I'm sure, get used to my face and my voice as I'll be here more and more often. But I uh, really just came to you guys with a question today. Um, it seems the mayor spent up $45 million to put people, get them off the streets and whatnot. And uh, I personally, I've, uh, I've got two case managers and I'm in contact with at least four organizations and I couldn't get into one of those rooms. So can you guys tell me whose house I got to camp out in front of or whose business I got to go camp out in front of so I can maybe get the same, uh, same you know, treatment as the people who, are, uh, who aren't out in the cold right now? Because I'm in medical respite right now, but I've got two days left and I'm out on the street. So can you guys tell me exactly where I can put my tent so maybe someone will pay attention to me? Council, council doesn't respond. You oh, have a minute okay. 50. No, no, it wasn't a rhetorical question, but I was, I was hoping for an answer. All right. Well, so I guess uh, I got a couple, another minute left here then. So yeah, I'm not the only one, obviously. What, uh, you know, I mean, like, I, I, I feel like, you know, the, the, the ship's already sailed. And I kind of, you know, partially my fault for not thinking of this sooner, but I, I just, I can't understand why you know, someone didn't say, hey, you can't only pick the people you want, that you ought to like, you know, make it for everybody and make a mechanism that other people other than the ones that Johnston wanted to, you know, get off, uh, get off the, the, the curb and out from in front of his, his uh, other constituents who are louder than I am, louder than we were, apparently. Um, why wasn't that done? And what can we do to fix it now? Um, there's people out here like me, and there's a lot of people in that respite that are on their way out the door at any time right now and have no idea where they're going. And the shelter system isn't what it used to be, where you're, you know, I know I'd always, I knew I'd always be able to get in if I go over to the mission, but that's not even the case anymore. You, you can't even count on that now. And, and I'm a huge critic of those places, you know, as you've heard me talk about in the past, trying to get you to end the sweeps. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like you guys don't really leave us a lot of choices. We try to, you know, do what we have to do to survive. And uh, I mean, we don't even have that now. So, I mean, my time's up, but if, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you guys are gonna see me camped outside. <laughs> have a good one. Thank you very much. Your Our next speaker homes. is Edgar Yaregi. Good evening, uh, city council members. Uh, 
Last year, I remember January 9, I was sitting, I was standing right here and asking you for, uh, for a big favor to pass uh, the, that ordinance for a wage tax. Tonight, tonight I really want to uh, thank you for that from the bottom of my heart because you guys did the right thing to help to those uh, construction workers to recover their wages stolen in this city, our city, your city. And for that, I really want to thank you. You guys are doing well. Thank you, Edgar. Our next speaker um, in chambers is Adrian Herrera. Adrian? Adrian? And uh, Alejandro will need a live interpretation here. Gracias, Adrián. Buenas tardes a todos los concejales de Denver y público en general. Pues mi participación aquí es para dar voz acerca de temas que se está presentando con los migrantes en los distintos refugios que hay en la localidad acá de Denver. Pasa un poquito para traducción. My, my, my representation today is to be here as an immigrant and to share our concerns, my concerns about the situation. Por una parte, pues hay cierta confusiones porque lo que la información que le ha llegado a ustedes no ha sido realmente toda completa. Por tomar un ejemplo, en Quality, a las personas las están sacando de su refugio con sus familias que debería ser una prioridad de que los niños deberían tener un lugar donde quedarse, más que todo por ellos. Un momento. The, the reason I'm here is to fully inform you of the situation. I believe there's some confusion about what is going on. For example, at the Quality Inn, um, all, all the steps are not being followed. It, it is very important that the children at least have a safe place to be at, and I don't, I don't believe that is happening. Sé que es complicado porque eh, es un tema nuevo para ustedes, pero deben tomar en cuenta de que esas personas son seres humanos, al igual que todos nosotros que estamos aquí, no importa la religión o la nacionalidad de cada quien, sino que debemos actuar con, con voluntad y fe y seguir haciendo las cosas correctas. Sé que lo que están haciendo es bastante bueno y agradezco eso a toda la gente de Estados Unidos porque es algo muy bonito es algo muy bonito lo que están and, haciendo momentito and, and uh, I bring this up because um, I think it's very important we, we are all after all humans and, and we should be treated as such and yes we are very thankful for what you are doing I, um, we are very grateful to the United States for, for uh, extending our hospitality and um, but it's important that, that we be treated correctly, humanely. Y por otra parte, eh, sería destacar esa, esa situación más que todo. Uh, bueno, y también si es posible que, que aquí el, la Secretaría o, o, la, o en este caso ustedes, puedan ayudar a gestionar algún permiso laboral temporal que sea solamente del Estado para que todos aquellos migrantes que quieren eh, trabajar 
puedan, puedan ser parte de, del desarrollo de acá del, de, del Estado como tal y aporte para la economía del país. And secondly, this, um, the other point I want to raise is that if it were possible for the government or the local government, in this case, yourselves, to issue a temporary work permit, a, work, a temporary work permit um, that would allow us to work and to contribute to society, to contribute to the economy and to be uh, productive in, in this community. De verdad, bueno, eso desde mi parte yo le agradezco eso porque sé que mis compañeros necesitan también comunicarle eh, otras situaciones y le agradezco. Muchas gracias. Es todo. That's all my time. That's what I wanted to say because I know my other uh, friends and community also want to share their points as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we have time for one more speaker. We've got Jaime Medina next. Jaime, what's the name? Angel Ramirez. Okay, Angel, por favor. Gracias, muy buenas tardes. Bueno, siempre estamos con lo mismo, con nosotros lo mismo, porque estamos todos queremos el apoyo que necesitamos para los del permiso de trabajo que necesitamos para todas las personas con respecto a los refugios. Es algo que es, que es como un poco más difícil de tratar porque nos dicen aquí, a ustedes dicen, no, sí, ya la familia está estable aquí. No, nos dejan un día, pasamos 14 días, 14 días salimos a la calle, no tenemos dónde llegar. Gracias a las fundaciones que nos apoyan y eso. Que un momento. Yes, I'm here for the same points. Of course, I want to share my concerns about obtaining a work permit, a temporary work permit that will allow us to work. But on the second point about the shelters, uh, we would like uh, a, a little bit more support in that area because we, we are being kicked out of, uh, out of there after a certain amount of days. I think it, I believe it's 14 days. Si vienen las fundaciones, nos apoyan con una carpa, nos ayudan con comida, eh, con muchas cosas, pero siempre están atentos a nosotros, que es el apoyo que tenemos en la calle. Quizás muchas personas se molestan porque ven las carpas, si hay parte que se sucia, que estamos, claro, eh, esas cosas. Pero trataremos también de mejorar. Pero uno, eh, lo primordial sería ahora es tener un buen trabajo, como decía el compañero, algo que sea estadal, manera que podamos trabajar, pagar nuestro arriendo, vivir en una casa, y así evitaríamos un poco más de estar en las calles. And after the 14, after the 14 days after we are being kicked out, we're told to go another, to another shelter. But again, those shelters may already be saturated. So then there are organizations that help us with a tent or with some help, with some food. And then we're we're there with our tents, with our with um with what little that we have, and we we continue being a nuisance. What would really help us if we were able to work? If we were able to work, if we were able to provide for our families, have a little money to rent a, a stable place, that is what we really want. Okay, pienso que cada día que es, cuando sacan 20 personas de un refugio, meten 20, que llegan nuevos. Entonces, 
20 que hay en la calle, cuando vengan otros 20 más, vuelven 20 más a la calle, ya serían 40. Entonces, cuando venimos a ver, eh, ya está la ciudad saturada de personas, porque no tenemos, no hay espacio, exacta, exacta, eh, espacio donde tener tantas personas. Entonces, eh, eh, habría que buscar una solución. Yo pienso que la solución es trabajar y tener donde vivir, pagando donde vivir y no estar en las calles merodeando, no sé, buscando maneras de trabajar, porque a veces la gente se molesta pero también porque se acercan al carro o a limpiar el vidrio o a limpiar cualquier cosa muchos no les gusta, entonces a veces no se cohiben de poder buscar el trabajo so, so we, 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 we wouldn't not want to be a nuisance uh, what happens when 20 of us are kicked out because 20 more arrive to the shelter and then those 20 are kicked out again now we have 40 people on the streets and we become a nuisance we do not want to be that we need to find a solution and i believe the solution is for us to uh, find employment temporary employment work and provide and be productive so that we don't have to be on the streets and be a nuisance to the community <laughs> Hay muchos estados, creo que son como 53, algo así, que estados que hay en Estados Unidos. Pienso también que pudieran comunicarse con otros estados donde las prioridades sean más, más altas, pues, como para que pudieran migrar hacia otros estados, hablar, si pudieran recibir más personas en otros estados para que no se sature el estado de Denver, de Texas, Nueva York, que son tan saturados de muchos migrantes. Pienso que quizás que en otros estados sería minoría la, la problemática. En la cuestión de que es de ayuda, de, de refugio, eh, cuestiones de, de, de tocar ese tema en esa parte de otros estados, que no sean muy tocados por migrantes por lo, lo lejos. Y quizás muchos no lo conozcamos, quizás por medio de ustedes podamos llegar a otros estados también, donde podamos tener mejoría. Y pues, eh, sería como algo para trabajar. The last point, the last point being is that I know um, that we are here in Denver and Colorado, but I know the, the country, the United States is much bigger. And I know there are several states, I believe 50 states. If there were a way, if there were uh, some sort of uh, process where we could move and, and, and uh, go to other states where we could find more help, where we can find additional employment, we could be um, where we can find that stability for our families and maintain a proper place to live if that subject can be breached and discuss for us uh, to find a solution so we won't saturate the city of Denver and, and, and the state of Colorado. I would appreciate that very much. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Angel. Um, Sam, will you translate um, the next for our in-chambers uh, uh, participants? Um, that concludes our general public comment. We won't be able to take um, all of the speakers who signed up today, um, but please join us next week um, or submit your comments in writing. The next session will be on Tuesday, January 16th. Sign up begins at 11 a.m. this Friday, and we look forward to hearing from you all again. Gracias por estar con nosotros. Es, eso concluye la audición pública general. De, de esta reunión. Si desea continuar o comentar, puede registrarse para la siguiente sesión, que sería el próximo, próximo martes, enero de, uh, 16, y puede registrarse en, en la oficina de, uh, de la ciudad. Muchas gracias.
Thank you very much, Sam. We'll reconvene back to our city council meeting. Sir, we can't get to every speaker every Monday. I understand.